This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm Jennifer Jewell. This week is our final episode in the casual series on the many ways in which we gardeners gather, learn, and grow together. We're joined today by Pam Pennick of Austin, Texas, author of the garden blog Digging and founder of the Garden Bloggers Fling in 2008. Judy Seaborn, co-owner of Botanical Interest Seeds in Denver, is organizing this year's 11th annual fling in Denver, Colorado. Stay with us. The blogging aspect of it, it's about those three things, I think. It's about writing, it's about photographing, because it is about gardening. Most people do photograph. And it's about creating that sense of community for people. The community part is the critical part of what the fling is all about. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. For as long as I've had a garden, I've kept a garden journal. For as long as I've hosted a public radio program about gardening and natural history, I've had a digital garden program journal, or blog, a term coined for describing online web-based journals, or logs, as far back as the late 1990s. Garden Blogs is both a sources of information, communication, and community really took off in the early 2000s, and they remain a vibrant source of connection in the gardening community. They are a primary source of information about plants, plant care, garden design, and garden events on both local and global levels. I know of very few botanical garden or horticultural organizations that don't host some kind of blog with some kind of frequency. Today, we check in with a group that takes this one step further. They're known as the Garden Bloggers Fling, an annual event at which garden bloggers from around the United States and Canada gather in a destination to visit gardens, talk plants and gardens, and talk blogging. It's an intense and community-oriented educational opportunity. While there are some restrictions to participation, the group provides an interesting model for us all. Joining us to talk about the Garden Bloggers Fling are founder of the Fling, Pam Pennick from Austin, Texas, who has for years written her award-winning blog, Digging. We're also joined by Judy Seaborn, co-owner of Botanical Interest Seeds in Denver, Colorado, and writer of the blog In the Garden with Judy for Botanical Interests. As she says, she and her Fling organizing committee are throwing a party this summer. Pam and Judy join us today via Skype from their respective home garden regions. Welcome, Pam and Judy. Thanks for having me on, Jennifer. Thank you. I'm going to get started with you giving a little deeper introduction to yourselves and to what you do and your affiliation with the Garden Bloggers Fling. I'm going to start with you, Pam, in Austin, Texas. Um, Well, I'm a garden writer. I've um, published a couple of books, and I published the blog Digging, which I've been doing since 2006. I'm one of the founders of the Fling and um, serve on the advisory board for the Fling and was one of the hosts for last year's Fling in Austin. 
And what about you, Judy? Uh, I am a co-owner of Botanical Interest Seed Packet Company. Uh, been attending the fling for, gosh, eight out of the 10 years, I believe. And have been hosting the In the Garden with Judy blog on Botanical Interests website. How long have you been writing your blog for Botanical Interests, Judy? Since we started the online presence about six, eight years ago. And it seems like there's a resurgence to blogging again in in the recent years. Pam, what got you started on writing your blog, and, and what does your blog focus on? I got started because... Um, I was looking around in, you know, 2004, I think 2005, when I was really starting to garden in earnest. And I didn't see a lot of um, information out there for bloggers or uh, for gardeners in my part of the country here in Austin um, or, or Texas. I mean, there were a lot of gardening magazines, which I read, and I was getting all kinds of design ideas from those, but I wasn't seeing information specifically tailored to this area as far as plants, as far as weather, as far as when you could start, um, you know, cutting things back and planting Mm -hmm. different plants. And um, so I was looking around online for that kind of information. And I found two local bloggers. And I started to read them every day. They were, they were, I would say the pioneers of blogging for Austin. And I got so much great information from them. And I saw that people were commenting on their blogs, and the conversations that were going on. And I wanted to be part of that community. I didn't have any friends at the time who were gardeners. I don't recall that I had any family who were gardeners who were living here at the time. And so I saw the blog as kind of my entry into this gardening community and and just a fun way to to share what I was doing in my own garden as I was taking my baby gardener steps. And so I started my blog for that reason and found that it was rewarding on a creative level. I got to become a photographer for my blog, and that was really rewarding. And I got to really practice writing for that. So it really kind of brought out all these skills that I didn't know I was um, even, you know, going to be working on when I started my blog. Um, and I might have been intimidated to to start it if I had really known. <laughs> but but it was a great practice for those things. And, um, and then the rewards that came from that just kept giving me reasons to keep blogging. I mean, for one thing, the community that I found and became part of was just a tremendous source of joy for me, and it still is. Mm -hmm. And those online friendships became real-life friendships, and then that led to job opportunities. First, it was um, garden design, which I did for a number of years, and then I started moving into garden writing, which I still do. Um, And that all came from the blog. So... Um, the blog for me has been a huge part of my life. Yeah. And and as you say, socially and creatively and business development-wise, all very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Judy? Talk about what got your blog started and the ser- purpose it serves for, for your work. We really started Botanical Interest Seed Packets because we found that there was so there was this lack of real in-depth information um, in seed packets on how to grow. Mm-hmm. We kind of started the blog as another avenue of expanding out and reaching on a more personal level uh, to gardeners and teaching them how to garden by seed. 
Mm-hmm. I've always wanted our packets to sound like you're talking to a girlfriend. And a blog is a perfect way to do that. You can really just reach out and uh, touch people on a more personal level than you can even writing in the packet. Mm-hmm. Describe botanical interests for listeners who might not be familiar with it so they understand its mission as a business. Our mission is to inspire and also to educate gardeners. Uh, we started with, um, instead of photographs, beautiful botanical illustrations on the on the front of the uh, packet. Because I feel like art is very inspiring. Mm. Um, and gardening is an art form. Mm. Then on the front of the packets, we really put a real quick uh, phrase that kind of gets you excited about that variety. But the big thing is when you open the inside of the packets, uh, Sunset called us the mini encyclopedia of the tea <laughs> packet. Yeah. I just love that. Uh-huh. Uh, but we have historical information, very detailed botanical information, um, all the components that make a gardener a gardener. We garden for food, so we have recipes in there. We garden for craft projects, so we have like how to make a hollyhock doll, mm. uh, how to make a sunflower hut, uh, lots of fun fun projects for kids, and and then also even like garden design ideas. You know what flowers to put with other ones that look particularly nice together. Mm-hmm. But our packet was all about inspiring and educating the gardener and and helping. The whole generation of gardeners that did not get information handed down, like Pat Pam said, you know, maybe your mom and your grandparents didn't teach you how to be a gardener, but you want to learn how. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to reach that generation and teach them how to garden. And what year did you found botanical interests? I can't be this old. Um, <laughs> we are actually having our <laughs> we are actually having our twenty fifth anniversary this uh, next season. That's awesome. And so the blog for for botanical interests really served as, as you said, a a an expansion and another avenue by which to get some of the information that is so beautifully curated on your seed packets out into the world and to people in this other format. It was really just such a natural fit to mm-hmm. continue harvesting the the passion of gardening in a personal sort of way. Mm-hmm. So. Then we come to the Garden Bloggers Fling. So excited to be hosting it in Denver. I bet you are. <laughs> I am excited that you're hosting it in Denver. I, I don't know if you know, but Colorado is my home state. So I'm, oh. I'm very excited. But the Garden Bloggers Fling kind of gets to one of the great sometimes downfalls of garden blogging, which is that as garden blog and garden blog communities started to almost take the form of like garden clubs or um, horticultural societies on local levels, certainly, um, you you started to miss, or those of us who were deeply involved in them, we miss the in-person contact. And so I'm going to go to you, Pam. What what inspired you to get together with a group of people and start this garden bloggers fling? Am I am I close? Yeah, it's it, it is funny to think about. Um, yeah, how you form these niches online and then and then you can expand it to offline in real life and have it be this bigger thing. Um, 
so back in 2007, you know, garden blogging was still fairly new here in Austin. There were, but there were more and more every year there were new bloggers and I was keeping track of all of them and, and started to organize in-person meetups for those of us in Austin, because, Mm. um, we realized we were probably not psycho killers. And, (laughs) you know, it's funny the, how you kind of hide at first when you're a, when you're a blogger, at least a lot of us did in those days. And, you know, you didn't have a picture on your blog of yourself and you, I mean, you know, people were a lot more suspicious, I think, of the internet. But we we came out of our shells and started to meet up in person and realized this was a group of people who maybe were gardening in different ways and maybe they had different conditions they were gardening in, but we all had this thing in common, which was gardening and writing about it. And mm-hmm. it was a passion for us. And it was so fun um, that anyway, I was I was planning, I think I was planning the spring 2008 um, local meetup. And it occurred to me that it would be fun, you know, as I'm following all these other blogs around the country, it would be fun to just invite any blogger who wanted to come to to Austin and say, hey, come join us. You know, we're doing these in-person meetups and it's really fun. And if you want to come, come, we'll throw a party for you, basically. And um, so I, I threw the idea out there to the local bloggers and three people jumped right on board and we became the first planning committee and we really kind of threw that event together in just about a month. Um, We uh, were thinking about it in December. We started really seriously planning in January and we hosted everyone here in April. Um, So it was a very much, you know, quick and dirty fling compared to what it is today where it's now three and a half days of a lot of really great activities, but it was, it was amazing. And, and, you know, the real question for us at that time was, is anybody going to come? <laughs> we really thought, we really weren't sure. And I, I had set out my my goal for the event. I was like, hey, if two people come from out of state, I will consider that a victory. And ultimately, we had people represented from 12 states. We had 37 bloggers who came. And it was really just for a one-day event. Wow. We had a couple of, you know, very casual meetups with people who came early. But the main event was just one day of activities and, and 37 people that we really didn't know. And we didn't know them in real life. Absolutely. They came and joined us and it was so much fun. We were like, we have to do this every year. And the miracle for me is that every year a blogger or bloggers have stepped up from another city and said, yeah, you know, they raise their hand. I'll do that. And it's a big deal. It's a big thing to host. And it just, it's amazing to me and it touches my heart that people still volunteer to host this and it is super fun, but it's a lot of work. And here we are 12 years later and Judy and Jennifer are putting this fling on for us. And these are volunteers who are volunteering their time to do this. And it's, it's just, it's super fun every year and it's amazing to me that it's still going on. Yeah. And you are not kidding about the amount of effort that goes into planning such an event. But at that (laughs) first event, that one day in which you got 37 people and you represented 12 different states, at that point, how many people were in your immediate garden blog group that had meetups every now and then? In the Austin group that was meeting up, Mm -hmm. I'd say there were about eight to 10 people at that time Mm -hmm. that were regular attendees. And by the time the, really it was exploding, but by the time the fling happened here, I would say we had closer to about 20, maybe 20 bloggers. Mm. Um, And I'm trying to remember how many of those came to the fling. Of course, you know, every year when you have the fling, the regional representation is pretty high because it's just easier for people who live in the area to get to the fling. So we did have a lot of Texas bloggers, but there were bloggers who came from 
um, from outside of Austin as well. You know, there were some from Dallas and Houston and, and various areas um, in addition to the to the other states that were represented. And that one day event, describe what you what you put together that first year. And yeah, describe that because I'd, I'd like to kind of get to what it was that both fed and expanded the people who attended to the point that it built this this inspirational momentum to keep it going and take on this effort because the rewards were so high. What I thought we needed to get people to come, you know, going into sales pitch mode was we needed a well-known blogger or two to come and speak. That was kind of what I had in mind that was going to be the draw to get people to come to Austin. Mm. I actually look back now and think people would have come anyway because people were hungry for this kind of event. But um, Carol Michael of May Dreams Gardens um, was and is a very well-known garden blogger. And at the time, she had a huge following. And I prevailed upon her to come and, and lead a lead a discussion group during the fling Mm. and Kathy Purdy of cold climate gardening, who Mm. also had a, had and has a very large following um, came and spoke to us about the technical side of blogging. So Carol led a discussion on the social side of blogging and Kathy led a discussion on the technical side of blogging. And that was kind of my sales pitch to people to get them to come. I was like, they're going to get to meet, you know, Carol and Kathy (laughs) and they were my lure and um, so I was so glad when they both agreed to come and speak and not really speak, but lead a discussion group. And then around that, we put together a day of uh, a lunch with a speaker, a local speaker here, the um, blogger who was so inspirational to me uh, as one of the pioneer garden bloggers in Austin. His name was Tom Spencer, and he's still a local gardening personality. He spoke to us during lunch. We went and visited an amazing uh, local garden and, and then toured the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center mm-hmm. and went to a, a, a beautiful nursery here called the Natural Gardener. Um, and then we had um, a welcome a dinner the day before where we had, I mean, this is how it was thrown together. We, you know, we didn't have a party room for that one. We, we didn't have... Um, meals put together. So everybody ordered their own meal. It was 37 different checks for that meal. (laughs) And it's just, it was, it was really crazy that it all worked as it did. We didn't have buses for transportation. We didn't have a central location for the hotel because there was no way to get a hotel like that on such short notice. So we just got a generic, you know, hotel off the interstate that everybody stayed at with no bus transportation. Most people did not have cars, but we got all the local bloggers to drive us all around. So we were all carpooled for that day to the various sites and it worked great. And then, um, after we had done the tours, we came back to my house for a happy hour in the garden and I served Mexican martinis. And, um, then we went on to a barbecue dinner and that's what it was. So fun. And I mean, I think you can see in, in just the offerings that you put together that first year, that you addressed all these different kind of needs and hungers that people might be be drawn to, both professional development and social and horticultural and cultural uh, knowledge and, and educational expansion for everybody. But when you look back at that first year and you realize the excitement that had been sort of catalyzed in this group – what what do you think was the primary source of that excitement? What was it that people were looking for at that point that was so so needed and and welcomed? 
it was the community for sure. The fling is about the people. The gardens, a lot of people think of it as a garden tour, but it's really not, it's not a, a garden tour per se. It's about touring gardens with your fellow bloggers. And the blogger aspect of it is that does two things. It's people who are very passionate about gardening, passionate enough to create this publication about it, essentially. And, um, and also people who, who do want to write and photograph about gardens. Mm -hmm. And so it's different than going on a public tour where you would just be out there with people who maybe are passionate about gardening too, but there's something about the, the blogging aspect of it. It's about those three things. I think it's about writing. It's about photographing because it is about gardening. Most people do photograph and it's about creating that sense of community for people. Mm -hmm. And the community part is the critical part of what the fling is all about. Mm -hmm. I honestly think we could just, we could sit in a room and have all these people there and it would be almost <laughs> as fun because it really, I mean, it really is great to finally meet these people that maybe you've been commenting on their blogs for years, mm -hmm. um, reading what they're doing, and then you get to meet them in person and it's an instant community and that's what we're hungry for. Pam Pennick is an avid gardener and garden blogger from Austin, Texas. Her award-winning blog, in large part about the nature of gardening in her climate, is called Digging. In 2008, as a way to connect with other garden bloggers, she founded what is now an annual gathering of garden bloggers from around the country, and it's called the Garden Bloggers Fling. Last year, the fling turned 10, and this year it heads to Denver. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a break to hear more. Happy March, my friends. In like a lion and out like a lamb. That's what they say, right? Oh my goodness. In the Northern Hemisphere, we are so close to our hours of daylight equaling and numbering greater than our hours of darkness. The winter season is in its final stretches here. Here, on warmish mornings, you can tell that the birds feel it. Handle your soil ever so gently on a warmish, dryish morning, and you can tell that the soil is preparing. Observe your companion trees and shrubs closely, and little buds are swelling along the lively nodes. I know this. I can see it and hear it. And yet, we've just come through five days of dense gray rain, six inches total. Another round is on its way in a generally wet winter, which is good for just about everything, I know. But I'm not going to kid you. It can feel very slow getting to spring right about now. I love and honor all of the seasons, but I'm ready for the turning of this season. Are you feeling it? If so, maybe I can help. With the idea of offering out a little boost to help you get to spring, or in the Southern Hemisphere, get to fall. Indeed, to help you get through the inevitable lulls that come upon us in every season, every month. Cultivating Place has created an extra bit of garden audio for our generous donors. A thank you in the form of some bonus garden life love from us directly to your ears. We literally cannot do this work without our donors. 
To make your tax-deductible donation of support, go directly to cultivatingplace.com and click the support button at the top right-hand corner of every page on the site. For all of you who donate $30 or more before the vernal equinox on March 20th of this year, you will receive by email a downloadable link to the Cultivating Place theme song, sung with such beauty by the duo known as Mamuse. If you've never heard the whole song, its music and lyrics, it will add a definite spring to your heart and step to be able to play it in its fullness whenever you'd like. I know you'll love it and you will sing it out loud. I'm very excited to share it with you. Additionally, for all of you who give $120 or more as a single donation or as a year of $10 recurring monthly donations on or before March 20th's ushering in of the new and welcome season, you will now receive a little mid-month pick-me-up of bonus audio curated by me and sent out to you by email as a little five minute or so monthly and seasonal reminder of the importance, beauty, and meaning of this practice and passion we engage in. Indeed, it's a practice and passion born of a caring relationship to the place you make home, and it makes everything better. I can't wait to share these monthly audio garden thought clips with all of you. I love creating Cultivating Place, and your comments to me overwhelmingly remind me of the joy and encouragement you find here too. We need your financial support to make the program the best it can be, and we can't wait to share these offerings of thanks with each of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for donating. For all of you who've already donated in this calendar year, thank you, thank you. We have you covered and you're already in to receive these thank yous at your respective donation levels. For those of you who might have been waiting for that right time to donate, we can't wait to thank you too. Here's looking forward to the welcome new season. Again, to make your tax-deductible donation of support, go directly to cultivatingplace.com and click the support button at the top right-hand corner of every page on the site. It's safe, it's quick, it's secure, it's easy. If you'd like to send a check, please email me for instructions, but we will need an email address for you in order to send you links to your bonus audio thank yous. And please share Cultivating Place and this spring boost with everyone you know, your garden club, your book club, the checkout clerk at the market. Show them how to listen and subscribe to the show on their phones. Show them our Instagram account. Along with sunlight, regular watering, care, and attention, Word of mouth helps this podcast you love and that you count on grow and thrive. Now, back to our conversation with Pam Pennick and Judy Seaborn and the Garden Bloggers Fling. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. Today, we're in our fourth and final episode of a casual series on the many ways we as gardeners gather, learn, and grow together in our passions and practices. 
Garden blogs and garden bloggers make up a large, diverse, and passionate cross-section within the gardening community. Since 2008, they have been gathering en masse, loud, noisy, happy mass for the garden bloggers' fling. We're back after a break to hear more about the fling's history, its mission, and its upcoming event in Denver, Colorado, this June. Welcome back. It's really true, too, that it's not just a garden tour. Yeah. You can tell by the auditory level that you walk in. (laughs) (laughs) This is the loudest group of people you've ever heard. Because they are. They're all communicators. Yeah. I you walk downstairs and you're like, oh, where is everybody? You just, you just turn around and go, oh, there they are. Right. You know, it's a, right. it's a roar. The roar. So, so Judy, that, that brings me to you. Describe the, the first one you heard about and then the first one you attended and, and what kind of took you there and then what, what you brought away from it. Well, a lot of the things that Pam was talking about is what really did draw me to the fling. I was a nervous Nelly dabbling my toe into blogging and very shy about it. And I was, the miracle for me was that they did allow me to join <laughs> the fling. <laughs> I was so grateful because I was very nervous about doing it. Um, didn't, you know, know all the tech part or what it was also, it was changing so rapidly. Uh, the tech part, um, mm-hmm. how, how you present yourself, uh, what's, you know, what are the boundaries between, you know, a commercial blog versus a, the the people doing it just for fun um, and how that was going to fit together and what, what was kosher and not kosher. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was... was very grateful to be able to hang out with these, yeah. uh, this group and, and just learn. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to learn. Yeah. What was your first fling? What year and what city? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. And remembering is not my strong suit. Pam, what was it? So it's Baltimore? I want to say Baltimore. Was that eight years ago? Um, it might have been Buffalo. Buffalo. So let's see. Buffalo. I've got a handbook right in front of me. Buffalo was in 2010. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. I love going. I just get so hyped up. It's just like, okay, this, you know, yes, the energy is still here and it's it's still exciting <laughs> and other people like get it. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So in 2008 in Buffalo, Pam, about how many people? So the first one was in Austin in 2007, six? Uh, no, 2008. Yeah, we started planning in 2007, the winter of 2007. And then we had it in April of 2008. That was Austin. And that was Austin. And then Buffalo? Nope. Then after that, it was Chicago. Okay. In 2009. That was in, that was in the spring. And just oh, to wow. clarify about our name, um, we were, we originally called it um, garden blogger spring fling because we had it in the spring we had it in april and then chicago kind of followed suit with their fling in may but by the time it moved to buffalo in 2010 they had it in the summertime because the idea is to host it when your city is looking at its best and yes. when the gardens are at their fullest or best or whatever you want to see and so we dropped the spring from the name and it just became garden bloggers fling but um so after buffalo in 2010 it went to seattle and then it went to Asheville, north carolina and then San Francisco, and then Portland, Oregon, and then Toronto was our first fling outside the U.S., and then it went to Minneapolis, and in 2017, it was in the Washington, D.C. area, which was dubbed the Capital Region Fling, 
and then in 2018 for the 10th anniversary, it came back to Austin, and then 2019 will be in Denver. Nice. So about how many people attended Austin and the 10th anniversary, and what are you expecting? So I'll have you answer that, Pam, and then we'll mm-hmm. see what we're what we're looking at for Denver, you think. We had room for right around 100 bloggers, um, and I think we ultimately ended up with somewhere in the 90s. I don't have the exact number off the top of my head. The limiting factor is really you have two tour buses, and mm-hmm. buses – hold about 50 people each. Mm -hmm. And then you, um, you know, you have your planners as well. So that's kind of the limiting factor, um, Mm -hmm. in what, in what the upper number can be. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of, it bounces around anywhere from typically I'd say between 75 and, and, you know, 90 something bloggers each year. And so is that about what you're expecting in Denver in June, Judy? I'm just hoping we don't have to turn people away. We've already sold 67 seats and uh, we just opened it up a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be just Denver this this tour. Right. I'm, I'm throwing I'm throwing a party, man. This is gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be able to cover three different cities over the, our three days. We'll be up in uh, Fort Collins one day, and we'll be meeting with Lauren Springer and seeing her new installation at the Gardens at Spring Creek, and a number of private gardens there as well. Mm-hmm. They will be heading up to the Boulder area. We'll be meeting with uh, Linda Boyle, is a uh, well-known. She she started the uh, Rock Garden Society and a number of other absolutely gorgeous gardens. Seeing the Tea House for lunch downtown Boulder, mm. and then we'll have a day in Denver. Paniotti with the Denver Botanic Gardens, who's a plant curator there, is also kind of co-hosting this with me. Oh, great. I know. I it's just it's gonna be fantastic. But we kind of got the who's who of of Colorado gardening yeah. going on this tour. We'll be with Jim Borland. Um and uh Dan Johnson is also a curator. We'll be seeing his private garden, Paniotti's private garden. Rob Proctor is on Nine News, does the garden segment there we'll be seeing his private garden it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah and with a hoe down <laughs> very nice so down the Chatfield gardens the and that will be at chatfield yes nice and of course june is a really beautiful month in the state of colorado and those are fabulous destinations yeah, but it's the state of colorado you never know what the weather is going to be like <laughs> it's true that is true <laughs> there's always it's I, I chose that weekend because I have the best odds of it being great. Um, but sometimes you have this weird pause between spring garden and your summer garden. And I'm hoping we're not going to hit that pause. Yeah. Well, and all the spring things are fading, but the summer things haven't kicked in yet. We'll see. But thankfully, the garden personalities always shine bright. So they, they <laughs> oh, will carry, it. especially the, that group you just mentioned. So that's that's excellent. So. The criteria for attending the fling at this point is, Pam? Basically, you just need to be an active garden blogger. And so, and by active, we just mean that you need to be uh, posting on your blog like once every six months at, at a minimum, and your blog needs to be at least six months old. And that, that, that latter rule about the blog being at least six months old is really just to, um, is to allow people who have been blogging for a while to 
get a spot on the tour. So that, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's a very appealing tour. We're all blogging about the upcoming um, fling tour and um, there might be a temptation for someone to start a blog just in order to come. But the <laughs> idea is that these are actually bloggers who, who do enjoy blogging and, and we all want to meet up together. Yeah. So that's what it is. So it's really pretty simple. Just be an active garden blogger with a blog that's at least six months old. And is there a membership fee? Is there a flat fee? How does that work? There's no fee to um, to be a part of the community, of course. I mean, that's the beauty of blogging. But to attend the fling each year, the planning committee sets the cost for that. I, I want to ask both of you a little bit. Uh, Judy mentioned it in one of her earlier answers uh, to, to a question that I posed. Um, and she, she mentioned the idea of kind of being on a learning curve and waiting to see how the field of blogging would kind of play out in terms of how did commercial versus personal versus the different kinds of blogs there are out there, how they would shake out in the field. And just like any part of any field, but especially maybe the gardening field, this one is is growing and dynamic and trying to meet different needs as it evolves. The And I, I mentioned early in our conversation this feeling that I have had as a garden communicator that the ways in which we learn are are relatively consistent and relatively traditional. We, we get together in groups and we do things. We take classes, we read books, we follow other, you know, gardeners and garden communicators and, and we learn. But the garden blogging field seemed like it had a little bit of a, a downturn with the uprise of social media, and now it feels like it's having a resurgence. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Let's start with you, Judy. Well, um, I think I'll let Pam talk more about the resurgence part, but one thing that I, when you asked that question that popped up for me, was after being with the late, the, the folks, I don't want to say ladies because there's gentlemen also, yep. um, with all the people on the bloggers fling, it made me realize that there really isn't a difference between the commercial blog and the personal blog. Cause the commercial blog to me is a personal, my, my, my even though I'm have a commercial business, the blog is still very personal. Mm. And I think just the fact that it is a blog is it's a blogging is a personal way of communicating. Yeah. What about, um, what about you, Pam? What do you see? I think, I think Judy's right. Um, in the early days, there was some discussion about, you know, whether this should be for personal blogs and should um, people who are blogging for their business um, be part of that. And the easy answer to that, once we started all meeting, um, is that they're all bloggers and there's something wonderful about meeting people who are blogging for various reasons. Um, some people may be just doing a blog about their home garden and, um, and they're not trying to create a gardening business around that. They're just doing it for their own creativity and fun and record keeping and community. And then there may be somebody um, who's blogging because they have a garden design business and maybe someone else blogs and they're also doing garden writing. 
and someone else is blogging for their seed business. So there's all different reasons to blog and there are people behind each of those blogs. And when you bring them all together, you get this wonderful mishmash of people who are blogging in different regions, in different conditions. They have different interests. Some people are all about the vegetables. Some people are all about the ornamentals. And when you get that mix of people together, you really, it creates this synergy, this creativity. You find people that maybe you wouldn't have found just from their blogs even. So it kind of expands your community beyond the online community that maybe you came for, which is, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. As far as the, you know, the number of blogs, I do think it probably peaked a few years ago. You know, Facebook and Instagram is is instantaneous. It's quick and it's easy. You take a pretty picture of a garden and you post it and boom, you get comments on it right then. And that's really appealing as far as um, people wanting that sense of community and sharing around gardening. Um, so I did see that the garden blogging community was contracting is kind of how I looked at it. But the people who really um, had you know, gotten a lot out of it were still there. Maybe they were posting a little less because they were spending more time on the other social media, but, but they were still there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I do see new blogs forming all the time. And so I'm not sure of the numbers. I don't really keep track of that, but um, every time we have a fling, there are brand new bloggers who come and they're, you know, just the excitement that they, that they show for being there Mm -hmm. and part of this community. It just reminds you of how it was, when you got started yourself. And that's, you know, it's really refreshing. Judy Seaborn is an avid gardener, garden blogger, and co-owner of Botanical Interest Seeds in Denver, Colorado. This year, she is one of the lead organizers and hosts of the annual Garden Bloggers Fling, June 13th through the 16th, when the group will convene and visit gardens and gardeners in Denver, Fort Collins, and Boulder, Colorado. Judy and her husband founded Botanical Interests, known for their beautiful and information-rich seed packets, and which have been dubbed the Encyclopedia of Seed Packets, in an effort to inspire and educate new gardeners. Judy sees her blog as an extension of this, and the annual Garden Bloggers Fling as another extension as well as celebration of the same. We'll be right back after a break to hear more. Hey, it's me. Over the course of our conversation today, Pam Pennick mentions how personal our gardens are at their very best, how intimate and personal they are as expressions of ourselves, our hopes, our dreams, and our struggles. Gardening, she mentions, is an act of generosity, and inviting others into your garden is an act of generosity, trust, and intimacy. I like this reminder. I think it's true, and the articulation of it reminds me, and hopefully all of us, to bring our best and highest selves to this interdependent relationship with our places and one another. To be honest, it's what it feels like to share with you on these podcast breaks each week. They are an open view of my garden thinking self. They are meta-gardening. They are quantum gardening. And I love meeting you all on this level. Together, we nature-loving, thoughtful gardeners in relationship here make a difference. 
Now back to our conversation with the community of garden bloggers who learn together virtually year round. And when they meet up in real life, well, that's a garden bloggers fling. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. Today we're in our fourth and final episode in a casual series on the many ways we as gardeners gather, learn, and grow together in our gardening passions and practices. The organizing committee for this year's Garden Bloggers Fling, which will be held this coming June in Denver, Colorado, really wanted to show off the rich cultural, ecological, and horticultural diversity of the region's gardens and gardeners. Bloggers will kick off their three days of learning and touring at Denver's The Grow House, a nonprofit urban farm and market located in North Denver. The mission of The Grow House is to grow healthy community through food access, production, and education. Founded by Denver-born Adam Brock and Kobe Gould, The Grow House offers everything from hands-on volunteer work and a farmer-in-training program to -to seed-to-seed summer leadership courses for teens who want to learn more about building and sustaining healthy communities. Adam says, we are always trying to push the permaculture values of taking care of our community, taking care of the ecosystems around us, making sure we have long-term sustainability, and redistributing what we have to whomever needs it most, rather than hoarding it for ourselves. Gardening, after all, is an intersectional space for people of all shapes, sizes, colors, and hopes to gather and to grow. That's definitely worth cultivating. Welcome back. When you, each of you, think about the the ways in which, and I think, Pam, you really articulated this so beautifully in the beginning as to how your blog kind of you grew along with your blog and your blog uh, demonstrated your growth as you went, both as a writer, your your discipline at it, your photography, and, and your reach. When you think about the garden fling and the 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 lessons that you might have garnered from visiting different cities or being with a different group of people. Describe maybe one of one or, or two of the ways that you felt like joining in on the Garden Bloggers Fling has has taught you something and expanded you in some way. And if you have an anecdote for that, I would love to have you share that. Um, maybe I'll start with you, Pam. Going on it is partly about, you know, you're meeting up in a new city every year. So you get to see a part of the country that you've never gardened in, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to this place, you maybe never had a reason to visit before. And suddenly you're seeing these gardens that teaches you a lot about gardening in your own place. It, It just like travel teaches you about yourself and where you live and your home. Um, so does touring other gardens teach you about your own garden and you start to see, oh, it's not, you know, the way I do it, the way we do it here in Austin is not the way people do it everywhere. And, uh, you know, of course, I knew that when I started my blog, because I saw that that Austin and its unique climate was not being represented um, in in more national sources. But seeing that in person is really eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um 
And it's the same way with the, the people component. Um, meeting people who are doing different things is is wonderful and it's it's exciting and you know there maybe there's professional networking that's going on maybe it's just you're sharing anecdotes about your own backyard gardening with somebody else who's doing the same thing but um you know i think there's something about bloggers they always describe themselves as introverted and i think that goes along with gardening and writing if you can be a gardener, you're probably comfortable spending long stretches of time alone in your garden because that's what it takes to keep a garden. And if you're a writer, you probably spend a lot of time alone in your room or at least with headphones in your ears blocking out all the noise. And you have to be comfortable with that. So people who do gardening and writing are going to be super introverted. And yet they get on a plane or they jump in their car and they go to this strange new city they've never been to to meet all these strange new people every year. And then like Judy said, when they all get together in the hotel lobby that first morning, it's a roar of noise <laughs> of excitement about meeting each other and it really the energy in that. Yeah. It's, it, it's like they all turn into extroverts for one weekend and it's like they've, they found their people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what it is every year. What about you, Judy? Um, I loved being around them and hearing how, People have fun communicating about guard, their gardening experience mm-hmm. and how each blogger was able to kind of create their own twist of their gardening experience. Mm-hmm. Um, each one is just slightly different, whether or not you're talking about how many hoes you have or um, <laughs> which was hysterical. <laughs> And just the funny ways that people are able to commun- talk about gardening and just have fun with it. Um, or, you know, if you're big in cooking and talking about gardening as far as how it's going to end up on the table. Yeah. Uh, and just keeping it real. Yeah. And, if you, Judy, have sort of, you know, personal hopes about what you will be able to share with gardeners outside of your gardening region about the the joys and very specific characteristics of gardening at high altitude in Colorado, uh, what what will those what would you know what are you hoping to to get across to your visitors? Patty Odie and I, we both like laughed about people coming to Denver and they think, Oh, you know, they're going to see shrub sage and that's about it. Um, <laughs> this is a, this is a gardening community. There are a lot of gorgeous gardens here and we're, we're really hoping to break the mold that Colorado is a garden state. Um, and I, I continue to hope to encourage people to get into a garden Slow down. Everyone has gotten a little crazy lately. You need to slow down, touch the earth, reconnect, um, plant a little seed and watch that little miracle happen where it goes from this little rock into a plant, into something that you can take inside and feed to your family. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hoping to shake people up that Colorado really, we do have gardens here. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just lava rock and cactus it's not just red rock <laughs> succulents and 
Yeah, prairie Although sage. We have some Moroccan good succulents in Colorado too. Um, <laughs> is there anything else either one of you would like to add about the importance of of gardening, of garden gatherings, and of garden communication at this time? Oh, I think it's more important than ever. Um, I worry that people are becoming afraid of each other. And gardening is such a wonderful place to meet. Um, it's just such a natural place to meet. You, you go into someone, and when someone else invites you into their garden, it's such an intimate experience. You're in their garden. Their garden is an expression of them, how they put things together, what colors they use and forms. I always feel like it's really special when someone says, come on over, we'll go sit out on my back patio and have a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. um, how intimate is that? Yeah. Yeah. I, lo I love that too. That Judy's right that a garden is definitely an expression of the person. And it, it is an act of generosity on that person to invite other people in. And and the the gardens, the garden owners who do participate in the fling are extraordinarily generous. They're inviting, you know, up to 100 bloggers in into their garden not all at once you know you can split up the buses don't want to scare any potential garden owners out there <laughs> for future flings but um but but it is it's as a garden owner who's had her garden on a tour it's also um very rewarding to bring people into the space that you've created and there's no feeling of criticism or or judgment that I've ever detected. It's strictly that you're, you're sharing this space that you are mostly in alone with, um, with people who are really passionate about gardening and, and that's really rewarding. And then to be the person who gets to tour these, these beautiful gardens of all kinds is, um, and it's a wonderful experience. And, and just in general, you know, you may, you may be like me, you may not have a neighbor who gardens or friends who garden, um, in your own city, but blogging gives you that. So you, you suddenly belong to a garden club that's strictly virtual and then meeting up in person just, you know, literally brings it to life. And then you get to experience it every year with some of the same people and also some new people and see a different gardening culture than maybe you have. And um, it's a great learning experience, but most importantly, it's just a wonderful social experience. Yeah. Yeah, not all these gardens are grand gardens. Some are very small and um, just very creative. Yeah. But all very intimate. And I would so much rather see, and I, I, I can't think of another gardener that would disagree with me, I would so much rather see a small, not grand, but beloved home garden than I would see Versailles any day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah. The personal is, is, is everything, really. It really, it is. So It is. Thank you very much for being guests on the program today. I, it has been a pleasure to speak with you both. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It was very nice of you to invite Pam and I both on the program. Pam Pennick is a gardener and garden blogger from Austin, Texas, where in 2008 she founded the now annual Garden Bloggers Fling. Her award-winning blog is titled 
digging. Judy Seaborn is co-owner of Botanical Interest Seeds in Denver, Colorado. She is also the writer of the blog In the Garden with Judy for Botanical Interests. Towards the end of our conversation, Pam mentions that we gardeners tend to spend a fairly good portion of time alone in our gardens, and that we writers might spend another fairly good portion of time alone at our desks writing about gardens. And this is true. But I think Pam and all gardeners I know would agree with the fact that we're never really alone in our gardens, are we? We're always companioned by the spirits and lives of our place, the birds, the trees, the soil, the weather of the moment of the day. But in seeking human community, too, we truly find the rest of our people. Finding and connecting my people is a good portion of cultivating place for me. The guests, the research, the listeners, those of you who reach out and comment or reach out and introduce yourselves in person. Finding our people, the human and more than human, is part of this impulse. Nurture that, too. For those of you who generously donate to Cultivating Place, there's a little something extra coming your way this month as a way to help us all get through that last stretch towards and celebration of the vernal equinox. This is a bonus audio offering of thanks to our generous donors from all of us here at Cultivating Place. For details on how you can be included and so you don't miss out, make sure to listen to this week's podcast breaks or read this week's show notes at Cultivating Place, or if you're a subscriber to the View From Here newsletter, you can find out there too. You'll find all the details you need to get just a little more of your cultivating place in your month. Because when you find your people, you don't want to let them go. You want to nurture and cultivate them too. Join us again next week as the conversations continue. We'll be moving out of the series, How Gardeners Gather, Grow, and Learn, just in time for spring break, when we'll be joined by two women who have a lot to share about the ways and means to get more of our kids outside more often and get them dirty. We'll be joined by Amanda Thompson of Kiss My Aster with her new book, Backyard Adventure, and by Nancy Strinista, author of Nature Play at Home. After all, play is a universal learning tool we all understand. There are so many ways people engage in and grow from the cultivation of their places. Cultivating Place is a listener-supported co-production of North State Public Radio. For more information and many photos from the Garden Bloggers Fling past and present, see this week's show notes under the podcast tab at cultivatingplace.com. A big thanks to everyone who makes this program possible. Listeners and donors, we couldn't do it without you. And together, we make a difference. Our producer is Sarah Bohannon. Our engineer is Sky Schofield. Original theme music is by Ma Muse, accompanied by Joe Craven and Sam Bevan. Cultivating Place is distributed nationally by PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.